welcome to episode 40 of In The Saddle Podcast. And today I'm joined by Lucky Loaders. How's it going, Chris? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Great uh, weekend coming up with the ARC and some decent action at Ascot and Newmarket. So looking forward to getting stuck into it. Obviously, there's been some big news with Love being a, a non-runner in the ARC, which that's going to affect that race massively. Um, obviously, there's the news breaking about Oshim Murphy failing a, a drugs test. Um, what, do you, what do you make of that, Chris? Yeah, it's a hard one to know with Oshin. Obviously, uh, it broke earlier today that he tested positive for cocaine when he was riding in France by um, when, he t- when he took a urine test and uh, the results went to France Gallo. Uh, so it's interesting that's come from there and, and not here. Um, so you'd like to think maybe if they do, I don't know how they go about testing jockeys, but if he took a test here, why didn't they find it? So it's interesting that they found it in France. Uh, he has done another test as well to um, to to suggest that um, that he is in the clear, um, and he sent it to the the French Horse Racing Authority, so France Galois, and it'd be interesting to see what they say, you know. But it's difficult to know if he has or or he hasn't, you know. We'll, we'll just have to f- wait and find out a little bit more. One thing I will say, however, um, it it might this thing could be possibly in his character um, or things related you might remember last year or was it a couple of years ago he was found to have failed the breathalyzer test when he was riding at Salisbury so maybe Oshin isn't everything he seems in the media you know he always seems like a really friendly approachable guy however when we watch um, these racing personalities and they're under the spotlight you know a lot of them are going to want to portray a clean image you know and he's a great talker of horses but yeah i think we're just gonna have to wait and, and find out what what the french authorities do and see how it develops yeah that's an interesting point um you could say some people might think it's a bit of a front um is it plausible um one thing as well like we did see the sort of the tweet on on twitter um so i found out it was a bit strange sort of like people fawning over it um, in, in defense of it um, and obviously you've got the previous there as well i mean the tests don't lie it doesn't look great and obviously he's not the only one um nathan evans has been done as well we didn't see the same sort of reaction to that the you know the people fawning him over 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 nathan evans on twitter um and also i mean frankie the tory's got history in france as well being done for cocaine so he's not the only one um but there is implications here as well because the retainership of Qatar is that potentially in question, and uh, the jockey title as well. I mean, William Buick's only thirteen, 13 behind. behind. Yeah. He's thirteen behind at the moment. Tom Marcond twenty-one behind. Is Ocean gonna? Is this gonna cost Ocean his title as well? And there's a lot of a lot of implications here, um, and I'm sure the truth will come out. So we'll just need to stay tuned with that, and obviously, moving on to some more positive things. Um, on Sunday, are you looking forward to that, Chris? Yeah, yeah. So I, I am looking forward to seeing her. You know, I, I'm not. I'm a little bit maybe underwhelmed. Maybe the the race isn't going to be as good as it could have been on paper. You know, uh, obviously, we heard earlier that Love um, is now a non-runner due to the ground. So unfortunately, that match uh, isn't going to take place. But actually, I think the more rain that falls, it actually makes it a little bit more of an open contest and I remember 
uh, this time last year we, uh, a lot of people were saying enable was a good thing we obviously respected her chances but we thought she was too short and you might remember we actually took her on with Wolgeist who eventually won so I just got a feeling that it could be a similar sort of race this year um, but yeah it's always a great occasion every time enable runs shame that there's not going to be many people to, to see her there which could potentially be her final race of her career but she's been a great mare uh, probably one of the best uh, we'll ever see. Um, and, uh, yeah, just looking forward to what hopefully will be a, a good race. What we'll do is we'll go into more detail about that race near the end, because obviously it's on Sunday. And we'll go through Saturday's card to start with. And we're going to start with Ascot, 155, the Roost Stakes listed. What do you like here, Chris? Well, I thought this was quite a tricky race. I think the thing we're going to have to be definitely considering um for um, the weekend is the amount of rain forecast there's going to be a lot of rain around the country um so from tomorrow so it's going to be testing ground so we're going to need to be back in horses that can handle a bit of a bit of juice um and on saturday it could be extremely testing um the one that i've come down on in the end is actually the favorite um or he's current favorite at the time recording that's dakota gold for michael dodds um actually won this race uh last year quite an, a comfortable winner of it last year beating arecibo who's been a bit of a frustrating horse in in some big handicaps this year but yeah dakota gold you know he, he's been running um some nice races of late you know he finished third behind tarbouche in the listed stakes uh in the listed scarborough stakes at the saint ledger festival finished second uh the time before behind starman who's a horse i'm really excited to see uh, what he does next time out and also as well he was a winner on soft ground in the listed race at beverly so he has been running in some nice races and he's going to be one of the only horses in here that i was going through that we could probably mark up that would handle the conditions so in what looks like like a trappy race i just thought he had solid credentials and even at the prices i've seen four to one out there I, if you had to push me for a selection I, I would be tempted to back him each way at those prices because i think you know what you're going to get you're going to get a good solid race and i think he's he sends he sets the benchmark and i think he's the one that they've got to all beat i think the important fact that you mentioned there is the ground this horse loves the ground horse in distance form um i think he's a, a cracking each way bet um, if you can get even money on the Bedford Exchange for free places, you'd be you'd be taking that all day long. So Chris Loder's selection for the first or the second race at Ascot one fifty five race stakes is the Coat Gold, currently best price available eleven to two. Moving on to the two thirty, Cumberland Lodge Stakes Group Three. Are we with Logician here, Chris, or are we going to take them on? Um, it'd be it'd be interesting to see. If logician runs um because he's never he would never have encountered ground this often in his career before so that is the big question mark i think his his comeback at doncaster and the conditions race there was a nice easy um a nice easy performance from him he had nothing to worry about um and showed that he's still in good shape so um so yeah so yeah you can't really draw too much out of that other than that he's probably in good heart uh obviously won the saint ledger last year um, beating um, Nath Road, who's run some uh, credible races in some of the cup races this season. So, yeah, he, he, his form from last year doesn't um, read too badly, um, but the ground is the unknown. And with that being the case, I think you've got to look elsewhere. And the, if the logician gets pulled out, 
I mean, you're going to have a total revamp of the market, and I think Mirando will go favourite. You know, I actually tipped this. Um, I actually tipped him up for this race last year. You might remember you weren't so keen on yeah. him. I had uh, I had Wells Fargo went away, away in front of like a scotty cat. Very things clear. Um, absolutely tailed off. The horse hasn't Tim used to be his horse Wells Fargo. That was my nap on this this card last year. Um, I mean, you know, after a furlong, the race is over. I mean, the horse hasn't been seen since. But Mirando, I mean, love the ground. Ground's a big factor as well. Yeah, Miranda, you know, all his best form comes with plenty of cut in the ground. And um, I, I think uh, nine to two, he's a fair price. Um, and if he does, um, if he if a logician does get withdrawn because of the ground, he's easily going to probably be round about a two to one, nine to four shot. I would imagine he'll go off a similar price as he did last year. Um, and I think his form behind the Lignac reads quite well in this sphere um the the, the only other horse i thought could be possibly a little bit of an unknown and uh isn't uh, quite interesting was highland chief for paul and oliver cole now he won at royal ascot here um over slightly shorter over 10 furlongs on soft ground so we'll know your hand of the conditions the form hasn't worked out too badly uh had a bit, little bit of a boost there and ever since then you know he's been keeping better company finished behind mogul who um, is now a Group 1 winner, won the Grand Prix de Paris. Um, second behind Piledriver, that was a nice performance. He then finished fifth in that Grand Prix de Paris behind Mogul, so probably would have to step forward a little bit. Um, but, yeah, if, if you wanted an alternative, I, I wouldn't put you off on his chances either, but I just think with Miranda, you know, this we know he relishes deep ground, won the race last year. Uh, I think he, he's a different beast when it sees conditions and he would be the one I would side at the prices and even if logician did turn up at 9-2 to I've seen out there again it's a bit like of a good dirt each way but you know you, you expect to get a good run for your money and it wouldn't at all, at all surprise he's going to be running on he's definitely going to be running on because he stays further if you look at that form and he, he turns Kew Gardens at Chester or a mile 5 and this horse will stay um, love the conditions so maybe in, if, if logician does stay in could Miranda still Turn him over. Well, yeah, yeah, that's why I would back him each way, um, because I I think he would finish in in the first two. Well, actually, we've got eight runners in here, so Perfect. so runners, isn't it? so at the moment. But I probably would expect one or two of these maybe to get taken out. Um, yeah. I I don't expect. How many times do we sit here and we go? That's a great each way bet with eight runners a couple of days before. Um, and then then takes one or two to get withdrawn and then the field's cut up. So and you don't get Use those. Use the bet for exchange. Use the bet for exchange. Place yeah. bang. But yeah, um, I just think uh, Miranda is a very, very solid um, horse for the race and you can't knock him. It's currently him. 9 to 2. 9 to 2 this time of recording. 8 runners, logician 8 to 15. I mean, like, on this sort of ground, I mean, that's skinny enough, in my opinion. I think Miranda's definitely the usual alternative in that race. So moving on to the 305 at Ascot, the Tote Challenge Cup, 18 declared to run. And this looks like a bit of a minefield, Chris. Where are we starting here? Oh, I thought this was... Now, you know me, I, I normally love these big field handicaps, especially at Ascot. But I just yeah. thought that this was a particularly difficult race this year because there's actually going to be quite a few in here that handle the conditions again we're going back to looking at horses that are going to be 
uh, coping with uh, plenty of juice in the ground. I mean, uh, raising sand as a horse, I've got plenty of time for, you know, and uh, Safi Osborne has been booked to ride, taking a handy £7 off. But I just wonder now if he's maybe, he's got a mark there of 107, and I know he will get the £7 off his back with Safi, who's been riding really well of late. But he just maybe might find one or two a little bit too good in a hair. I uh, thought River Nymph was really interesting for Clive Cox, and he was really hard to knock his form. Um, won on soft ground last time at Newbury quite comfortably. I'd, I'd urge anyone to go back and watch the replay. He was very impressive. And if there's one horse in here that's probably unexposed that could potentially be a group horse, it would definitely have to be him. Um, but the one that I decided to go with, with nailing my colours to the mast, was Auburn for David uh, Amira and Jamie Spencer. Now, um, I actually backed this horse um, earlier on in the season when he was a big price winner at York. I only had a small stakes each way on him because uh, I was just I just fancied a punt on the side of the race and I was looking through horses that would handle uh, cutting the ground, you know, because there, was, there wasn't hardly any at all and I just thought he was quite a big price. And David O'Meara, the one thing he does very well uh, that kind of goes under the radar is he does very well with his French imports. And this horse started out a life in France and uh, had had some fair form to his name out there. Um, you know, he met into some nice types. He won a listed race, beating Red Mist of uh, Simon Crisford's at Saint Clou. Um, so he, he had some fair form over there. And um, if you actually look at his most recent run at Ascot, um, he bumped into Tempest that day, who didn't quite live up to expectations in the Cambridgeshire finishing sixth place. He obviously was my fancy last week for the race Tempest, but I still think that he ran a credible race against a winner that you had to be prominent that day. Hardly anything that was coming from off the pace and the stand side really did help that majestic dawn. But yeah, going back to Auburn's run at Ascot last time, he was doing quite a lot of his best work late on. Now I know that was over a mile. However, that was on good and quicker ground. Whereas this weekend, I think you're going to need to probably stay an extra furlong. And Jamie Spencer keeps the ride. Um, and I just got a feeling there could be a little bit about Lord Glitters with him. Now, Lord Glitters was a was a French import to David O'Meara's yard and went on to win the Balmoral Handicap the year before he went on to win the, um, the Queen Anne Stakes. And I'm not saying he's going to be a Group 1 horse, but I just got a feeling that... He could be potentially. They could be eyeing him up for the port, um, the um, Balmoral later on, on Champions Weekend at Ascot in a few weeks' time. And even though he is high in the weights of a mark of hundred and three, I just thought Auburn, with um, also as well, Dodo Mirror Stable going fairly nicely at the moment. I just thought an each way price. There'll be extra places on the day, with the majority of firms. I just thought he was an interesting contender, and he's got a good draw in the middle of the track. And Spencer loves a hold up ride at Ascot. I think he. He he's a uh, one at a big price. I think will run well. Yeah, he's definitely a jockey that debates opinion, Jimmy Spencer. Um, but when it comes right, it looks great. Um, and he's a decent price at the moment. He's currently best price sixteen to one. The one I quite liked was uh, where was the one? It was Ropey Guest, George Margesons. I mean, obviously, you sort of forget about the last one. It was a bit of an egg and spoon race. Chelmsford, but I mean that that form behind Kenzai Warrior in Military March in Newmarket and soft ground. I mean I think that's good form, and I think 103 is high enough. But I still think this horse can be competitive. 
um, and he's only a three-year-old as well. So it's certainly one of interest for me. Um, he's currently a thirty-three to one in places, which is massive. Um, might be one that I might play on the enhanced place market on the Betfair exchange. Um, so we have Orban for Chris Loder at sixteen to one. Uh, I quite like Ropey Guest, um, currently thirty-three to one in places. Moving on to the three forty, the John Guest John Guest Racing Bongo Sticks Group Three. What we have here. Um, again, I thought this was a little bit of a tricky race. Now, we've got Kate Byron here at the top of the market, and I did think that this might be the year he he might be able to step up and really make a claim to be a Group 1 horse. And he won this race last year. Um, and the key to him is soft ground. He's got a good record on it. Probably wouldn't want it too heavy, but still, nonetheless, I think... Um, I think I would want to take him on, Ben. This is first time out, and he had a little setback earlier in the year. I thought if you wanted to go with a Tim Man, he he was a fair price there, but I would probably stay away from the Tim Man. Um, I, I just think that he's we know his limp, we we know where we stand with the Tim Man. You know, he's a great um servant for James Fanshawe. You know, he, he always runs a normally a solid brace, but I just thought there was one or two in here that were. A little bit more or less exposed and the one that i came down on was brad the brief tom daskin now i've been a massive fan of this horse um since last season and i really thought that they were going to campaign him through handicaps this year but we haven't really seen him in too many i was really hoping that he was going to run in the air gold cup at the start of the season you might remember i put him up for the, for, for that in our uh, earlier podcast when we did the tote 10 to follow team but brad the brief um, he's actually got a prolific win record. He's had eight career starts and he's won five of them. And he actually won a list race last time out at um, a Newmarket, beating Summer Gand, who has been a frustrating horse for me definitely this season. I um, I uh, backed Summer Gand at uh, Royal Ascot and did my nutting that day, and I never had a penny on him since. Um, so his form isn't too bad. and Again, the key to him is going to be the soft ground. He's got a great record on soft ground. A lot of his best form has come when there's been juice in it. He goes well as well towards the, the, the end of the year. Won on his last start at Newmarket in a conditions race last year. So we know that he tends to do well uh, towards the latter part of the season. Also as well, one thing I would note is Tom Daskin stable. I've had, I've had a pretty poor season by their standards. I know a lot of their fancied horses haven't been running up to par. But if you look at the form in the last couple of weeks, it's just started to turn around. They're operating at a 21% strike rate, six winners from the last 29 runners that the time we were recording on a, on a Thursday. And I just think the time now might be to follow him. And Brad the Brief, you can get a double-figure price on him. I just think he could maybe take that next step up, you know. He, and I think um, I think uh, he, he could be a ma massive uh, player in this race. Yeah, he looks like the the improver, doesn't he? The three-year-old. Um... You know, there's two two of my favourites in this race. Brando, um, I know he's an eight-year-old, but I mean, he's he's taking a, a step down in class here. He, he's in a, a group one last time at Haydock, soft ground. Um, actually, I put him up. Um, yeah. He's one of my best bets, fifty to one. I mean, he wasn't disgraced. He's not been that far. I mean, three or four lengths. Um, the bet first Sprint Cup stakes. Um, this sort of company on this sort of ground. I mean, he's he's going to be there. Um, he's currently eight to one. I think he's he's got every chance. And obviously, breathtaking look, another one of my favourites, a bit of a nemesis. 
Um, well, lovely conditions, same as Brando. I'd probably put them two up against against Kate Byron. I mean, I think the top two in the market, the Tin Man and Kate Byron, they're both vulnerable. I mean, Kate Byron's currently two to one. The Tin Man's three to one. Um, you know, if Kate Byron goes a six to four shot, you'd, you'd be laying that all day, wouldn't you? That'd probably be the lay of the weekend. You say that though, like, however, if he if he did trink up, wouldn't that be an indicator that he's getting supported and that they think he's a one and he can go well fresh, but just that that little setback he had earlier in the season, it would just put me off. I'm not one that normally likes to get stuck into a horse at those kind of prices. I'd rather take a big price about a horse if they're coming in fresh and we know they can go well fresh. Um, and I just think there's other horses in here that potentially might have a little bit more to offer. So that, that's why I've gone for Brad, Brad the Brief. But for me, Brando, uh, I can see your argument with him. But I, like I said, I, I just think he's had his day now and I'd rather be looking elsewhere. I'm going to hold you to that, Chris, OK? Oh, okay. match, baby. Well, I, what would you give me in the match bet? I'll buy you a, Brad the Brief. I'll buy you a pint if he wins. OK. OK. Only the best, OK? Right, right. So Chris Loder likes Brad the Brief. I quite like Brando and breathtaking look. Uh, prices Brando brief twelve to one, Brando eight to one, breathtaking look ten to one. And we've got a heads up here: Brando versus Brad the Beef. Um, the victor has to pay for the points, um, especially coming from a Scotsman. This is on record, so it has, I have to do it as well, unfortunately. Anyways, that wraps up all the Ascot action for Saturday. We're going to jump on to Newmarket. Um, and we're going to, yeah, we're going to look at the 245, the Kingdom of Baron Sun Chariot Stakes Group 1. Obviously, it's the top race at the track. And there's another one of our favourites in this race. 25 to 1, winner in the past. The old Bills and Brook, Chris, are we on it? Um, yeah, I think she's got a really good chance. I would say, actually, this has probably been a season target all along. Um it, it definitely this track definitely for some reason brings out the best in her um obviously won this race last year we put her up on the podcast at a double figure price um actually this was the podcast last year that we fired in quite a few winners so hopefully we can do the same but yeah billiston brook going back to her her profile this season she she's yet to get her head in front however she's been running some um some great races you know she's finished second on four of her starts this year so she's definitely drew a win uh she finished second behind nazif in the list race at kempton on her return she had to give away a bit of weight that day she bumped into nazif again in the group one foul mistakes however she ran on really well in the closing stages that day on soft ground and that's another thing about it the conditions they're going to be on the soft side at new market and she can handle cutting the ground so that wouldn't put me off um and she's returning to a track that she absolutely loves um and she's been kept fresh for this last scene finishing behind memora at um, sandown in the group three land stakes on her day she's a class mare and look the prices you know she's 10 to 1 i've seen out there with some firms it's a great each way bet we know the track's going to bring out the best in her she'll be doing her late work um she'll be doing great late work and hopefully be enough for her to win but uh, if we had to look maybe for other alternatives, I thought, thought Peaceful might be interesting, a horse that I've got a lot of time for. However, uh, not not sure about the ground. Uh, would be possibly a little bit of a concern. Um, Who should have heard that form with the Johnny Murtis filly? Uh, Champers Elise. Because I actually back, I backed Peaceful last time out and I thought she was fairly put in her place by the winner. Johnny Murtis, Champers Elise looks very, very progressive. 
possibly the only thing i would say about peaceful is we never really heard much about her after she ran in the pre-diane which actually worked out to be a really good race uh you had fancy blue alpine star rabiha you know it was a proper race and that form was really boosted um so we didn't see her um, until that race you're talking about behind Champions Elise on Irish Champions Weekend. So maybe you could just say she just, she, this maybe might have been the target for her, or maybe Champions Day, if she does run at Ascot, w was probably the target for her. And maybe she just needed that run. That was a bit more of a prep run for bigger and better things. Uh, however, you got her love, Champions Elise. Started the year rated 86 and now is rated 115. And there's uh, definitely improved. And Johnny Murtis had one hell of a season. I remember um, a couple of months ago, he was having winners every day, it seems. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Champions Elise, I'll probably want to take her on, you know. She's going to Newmarket, you know, and especially on the Rolling Mile course with a dip. A lot of horses don't handle that dip for some reason. And when you've got a horse that, like Billiston Brick, you know, that every time she's ever raced on the Rolling Mile, obviously won the 1,000 guineas there, won this race, Sun Chariot, all her career best efforts have come on this track. And I just think returning to this course, we'll see her in a good light. And she would be the one I'd have to, to stick with. Yes, that's a good point. Um, obviously, Billiston Brook, she's, she's done us a few turns in the past. Um, she's obviously got the course form. The ground won't be an issue. Um, currently best price 14 to 1 three places massive I mean again you could get four places on bet for she's definitely definitely a, a bet um, peaceful I, I really don't know what to make about that last one I do think Johnny Martis Philly Champers at least really put her in her place very very progressive um, they're both actually joint 72 favourites at the moment so I'm not really sure what to make of that it was quite impressive Cloak of Spirits um, an impressive win the other day at Newmarket, obviously this is a big step up and obviously there's some ground issues with with Richard Hannon's filly. Um, but yeah, Bills and Brook, I mean, it's certainly an each way proposition for this race. Um, obviously that'll wrap up Newmarket and then we're going to jump on to the big action on Sunday. And um, we mentioned a bit earlier about Love being a, being a non-runner. So it sort of makes it slightly easier or does it for an able for a for a historic third arc win. Are you are you with her, Chris, or is there something in this race that's went under the radar? I just got a feeling it could be a little bit like last year. Now we we I remember we we never really heard about it before the race, but after the race we kind of got the impression from John Gosden that the reason she got beat was because of the ground and because Frank Frankie uh, Tory did go a little bit early. However, I'm not so sure she's gonna handle it again. I think it could be quite difficult uh, for her this year. Um, and there's a few horses in here that are coming into this race um, that are on the up upward curve, you know, and and that will be able to handle the conditions. The one I've had a bet on, and I've had quite a big bet by my standards, is actually um, a French horse that's trained by Francois-Henri Graffard um, called In Swoop. Um, now, In Swoop is quite a really interesting horse. And I remember we recorded a podcast a few weeks ago and uh, we with a former jockey 
Paul O'Callaghan, and he actually mentioned this horse, that don't dismiss him in the Grand Prix de Paris when we previewed that race. And he actually ran a really good race. He was really eye-catching. I'd urge anyone to go back and watch that race when he finished second to Mogul, who, God, I might even say Mogul's got a chance, because I think he will, but I'll explain my reasoning why in a little bit with Mogul. But yeah, in Swoop, he was probably the one to take out that race. Um, he won the German Derby, and he's a horse that we've only seen of the race course this year. And he seems to go well on this kind of ground, and he and he's bred to get slightly further. So I think in Swoop, he's got a good chance, you know, and he's been the one really, apart from Stradivarius, that's had the market support for him. As soon as that race was over, that Grand Prix de Paris, I did a bit of research on this, and you could have still got as big as 50 to 1 foot in swoop on the arc. He's absolutely contracted in the last couple of weeks, and even earlier in the week, before level was withdrawn, there were some firms going as short as 10 to 1 with him. I, I managed to get on at 16, so I'm on some of the prices of the gamble on him. Um, not obviously on the big, big prices, but I'm sitting quite comfortably. And the, the thing about in swoop is... He's got a good draw and still won. And if you look at the arc, you want to have an inside draw. You don't want to be drawn out in what they call the car park on the wing. It's always the low numbers that do well. Wild Geist won this from Stool 3 last year. Uh, Enable the year she won it. Um, at Longchamp, she had a good um, draw towards the inside. And if you look at the horses around last year, Sotsas, he, he finished in third place. He was drawn towards the inside so it definitely favors those for some reason on the inside of course but it's not one of those tracks like chester where you think oh you need a low draw um it's one of those you have to you have to look into it a little bit more so i want to be favoring horses that are going to be on the inside and with everything that we've seen so far and within soup he's going to be getting the three-year-old allowance and i catch him run last time out he'll handle the conditions francois Henri graffard as a trainer i really like in france as well he's one of the the um, up-and-coming trainers there and he's doing really well taking on the big guns of andre Fab, jean-claude rouget you know he's starting to become a little bit of a fawn in their side definitely don't underestimate him and if this turns into a slog i expect him to be doing is is um best work late on so yeah in sweep for me is a is a is a massive uh, danger and also as well i mogul isn't one to maybe discount now mogul uh, i was against this horse for the majority of the season i was never with him at royal ascot and i haven't been with him at all until looking at, at this race you know and the way that he won that um that grand prix de paris when budeau was booked that day now he's not going to have budeau this time he's going to um be having Ryan Moore, who don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Um, but Mogul, the way he won that Grand Prix de Paris was really impressive, and it just seemed they all clicked together that day. That was on be better ground. That would have been on much. It's going to be on much. That was on much quicker ground than it's going to be on Sunday. So the ground would be a slight negative because there's not too many horses in his breeding, especially on the dam side, that suggest that he might not quite like it. But he's got that draw in, um, in still three that Wallgeist won with last year. And again, that's just a thing that just was creeping into my my thoughts. So I don't think it's going to be quite as straightforward for an able. I would give Stradivarius a chance as well. I was really keen on Stradivarius. However, he has been given 
quite a wide draw. We know he'll handle the conditions. We know it should definitely favour his test of stamina. And I can definitely see him making a frame. And I would love him to win. You know, he's been one of my favourite horses the last few years. Um, but I think it's a, it's a good renewal. Um, but I don't think it's as easy as it seems for an able, despite love, not going to be turning up on the day. See, um, on your mogul point, I mean, if you look back at that, that York run, the Great Vulture Stakes, um, behind Pile Driver, who who won comfortably, um, I think, I mean, I mean, obviously this might split opinion, but I think if Pile Driver had stayed straight, I think he would have won the ledger. So that form's been frank. I mean, Pile Driver certainly wasn't disgraced. Um, obviously, good draw as well, which helps Ryan Moore on board. Enable for me, I think from a from a spectacle point of view, I think you'd want her to win to get the third one and sort of bow out as a winner. Um, but as I say, I don't I don't think it's going to be that straightforward. And Stradivarius second in the betting at the moment. I mean, Enable's currently best price five to four. Stradivarius thirteen to two. Chris Loder's selection and Swoop best price available eleven to one. Um, Mogul sixteen to one in places. Is it is this one that that you're going to lay on Sunday, Chris? Are you going to lay enable? Or are you just going to back and swoop in the place market and the win? Well, I've already had my bet on in swoop, so I don't think I'd probably go in again. Quite happy, really, with the price I'm on. Um, and I think uh, you can make a really solid case for him. Um, enable, I don't want to be laying her this time, you know. Like I think she'll be, she'll be very close. Um, you know, it's hard to know where, we, where we've really been with enable, really. We know that this is the... The, the, been the long-term plan ever since they announced they were going to keep her in training um but she finished second behind gaff which looks like a, a it looks like it was a good run obviously gaff went on to boost that form by winning the judgment at york uh then she went to the king george and it turned into a bit of a not mickey quite a mickey mouse group one but none of the horses really gave her anything to worry about i know she destroyed japan but japan apparently had excuses he had sore feet that day and sovereign uh, sovereign hadn't really done anything special he, he'd been away for a while and he, from his irish derby win and who knows that if sovereign was really that good um so you can't really draw too much of that that king george from free runner race and then Obviously, she went back to have a crack at the September stakes, which she won when she won the arc in twenty eighteen. So, it it's so it's hard to know really what she's done this season and how good she is. I think my overall assessment is that she might have come back to some of she's not quite at the top of her game in the last year or two. However, I still think she's been better than the rest. But last year it was proven that Wallgeist, but to be fair, had some good form behind us especially in that race at Ascot when she took on Crystallation, um, she she is beatable. Um, and if if it does turn into a slog, which we all think it will, she She's might, be vulnerable. She, if Frankie gets there too early again, and he'll, he'll wanna, he won't want to be right out the back with her. He want, he'll probably want to be tracking the pace. I think that that's the interesting thing, is where the pace is going to come from in this race. I imagine Serpentine... They would like to go forward on him, try and replicate his derby win. But we saw with what happened to Gaeth last year, even though we probably now know that Gaeth, his best distance definitely isn't a mile and a half. It's a long way home um, over the mile and, and a half course at um, Parry Longchamp. And um, if you don't if you uh, don't get the, the sectionals right, you could look an idiot. So 
it could definitely set up for the closers, I think. And that's why I keep going back to in-sweep. You know, we know that he's got a late turn of foot. We know he should be fine on the ground. Was very eye-catching last time. A good draw. He's the one, really, I think, in, in the field that you think we've not got to the bottom of. He's unexposed. And you can put a tick next to every single stat. He is the one horse you can't say or you can't discount in my opinion that's why i'm so keen on him to run. i have a feeling this is lucky Loader's nap of the weekend or nap of the month oh, i wouldn't probably go go that far um i i actually do fancy other horses more strongly at the weekend but like i'm saying like you can't for this race on where Mabel is now what what price is she she's still five to four uh, she's five to four in places and your selection is 11 to one Best price available. Well, you're not really going to be wanting to get stuck into a five to four shot on a horse that was beat in this race last year on conditions that are going to be vaguely similar, which could easily favour um, stamina based horses again. Um, you, you, you you would rather take the eleven to one on in swoop, in my opinion. Um, okay, eleven to one, lucky loaders in swoop. You know, I quite like. Mogul each week, 16 to 1. That would be my selection. Um, from Beng's point of view, you know, enables skinny enough at 5 to 4. I wouldn't go as far as saying with the layer, but I could see her maybe out the free. But we're not going to get into that, okay? We don't want to upset too many people, okay? And we're going to round things off with another race at Longchamp. We're going to have a look at the Prix de la... De la B. De la B. How's my French? Écossais? Je n'ai pas anglais. Uh, that's that's where my uh my vocabulary stops in that department unfortunately um you'd, you'd, you'd imagine batash is going to be hard to be in this race but this is the race though however in the, the abbe um that he was completely turned over in and they are worried about the ground uh for those who don't know this might sound like i'm blowing my own trumpet <laughs> but uh i work at sky sports racing as a researcher and um obviously have to watch the channel with quite close attention and we actually had angus gold on on uh, sky sports racing the uh, racing manager of shake hand dance horses and we got a word or two about batash in this race and they were concerned about the ground he won't like the the the, the heavy going which is surely to feature in the going description currently described now as very soft so that is a really big concern uh there with batash you know um and I think the one you've got to really mark up is um, Glass Slippers, who won this race last year. Two of the, uh, the last couple of renewals have been won by Phillies, Glass Slippers, Mab Cross. She'll like the ground. Um, she goes well on uh, with plenty of juice. Uh, she won a group one last time out um, uh, in the Flying Five Stakes at the Cara. So she's coming into form, form now. And the other one you can't uh, discuss count is also as well keep busy uh, who finished second in that flying five she loves a bit of cutting the ground she's really progressed very well um john quinn as well has um got a good record with his sprinters um and also as well what's quite interesting this filly's recently been bought by uh, the by the tabor family um and she's been really progressive this season she'll get all the fillies allowances and 
and uh, and that so she'll get quite a bit of weight off the likes of Batash and with Batash being vulnerable on this ground you know you, you're going to be wanting to take him on and I, I think um it's going to be the girls that can that can beat him with with uh, the weight allowances so yeah for me I, I would uh, be keen to take him on with glass slippers and and keep busy right okay so Batash currently five to four um sure enough and glass slippers, seven to two best price available. Keep busy, twelve to one. I think lucky loaders. I think this is going to be your lay of of the weekend, Batash. I know I'm trying to entice you into laying here because I, I know you like pushing that pink button, right? Yeah. You 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 would side with Batash over enable if you want to lay one on the exchange. I I would lay Batash. Definitely. And the plates or just the win. Probably the place as well, because this this is the race. It's red talking there. Well, he finished 14th out of 16th last year on ground. He, he, he absolutely hated. Uh, he has won this race in the past, you know, but a lot of his worst runs of it, a lot of his bad runs have come when the ground's been testing. So, yeah, I think it would be a concern. Obviously, we know he's the best sprinter in the world at the moment. It was a bit of a slog, and he did have to dig deep to, to, to win that race as well in the Nunthorpe at York. So we don't know if that's left a mark on him. Um, so, so five yeah. To four, five to four on the outright, Chris, right? You'd be laying that, and then the place market, three places, he's probably going to be about 1.3, 1.35 in the place market. I mean, there's, there's worse lays out there, because you could capitulate, you could lose out the star as well. I mean, there is issues as well. You've not mentioned. Yeah, exactly. And this oh. is going to be the first time this season that you would have had crowds in attendance. There's going to, that even though they have limited crowds in France, they're um, going to be, there's yeah. still going to be a thousand people on course. And we know that Batash, even though I do think he's not the horse he was a year or two ago, we do know that when there was buzzy crowds around, he could get a little bit wound up. But, but with there being obviously no, um, spectators and UK race courses this season he hasn't probably had to worry about that so much and he's probably found things a little bit more straightforward than he would have but this is the race where he flopped majorly last year and on very testing conditions I think there's other horses that represent better value and if I had to lay a horse this weekend it probably would be Batash. So Batash is Chris Loder's lay of the weekend not so keen on any blair but Batash I think there's more negatives there and what would be your, your best bet, your nap, Chris? Ooh, that's, a, that's a tough one. Well, probably with the case I made for In Swoop, a lot of people will say, well, it's going to be In Swoop. But I'm just going to go for Billiston Brook, you know, uh, in, in the Sun Chariot Stakes. I just think that the the Riley Mile, for some reason, it just brings out the best in her. And there's a lot of fillies in there that are going to have the question marks regarding the dip. And we know that this has probably been the target all season for Billiston Brook. She's been running very well. She's just failed to get ahead in front all season. And I just think this could be the day where she gets back in the winner's enclosure. And at the prices, uh, 14-1 to you said that was available. I think that's a huge price. And really, the market is really disrespecting her chances. So for me, yeah, Billiston Brook is going to be my nap of the weekend. 14-1, to Chris Lewis spoken my nap would be Brando to beat Brad the Brief in a free pint. Sounds sounds like a great weekend to me, Chris. Anyway, thanks for your time today, Chris. Um, and to all the followers as well, 
make sure you subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. And um, we'll put a link to our Telegram group as well in the bio. And I'll post some of this. I'll post all the selections from Chris and myself in the bio. Um, but listen, have a good weekend. Gamble responsibly. And we'll speak to you soon.